Welcome to the Active Listening Podcast. I'm your host, Arianna, and I have the great pleasure of unearthing the stories and thoughts of others. Today, we have a bit of a different episode, as I'll be welcoming Alicia DeVries to the Active Listening production family. Alicia is my dear sister-in-law and one of my closest friends. We have talked about so many things over the years, and I'm thrilled to have her coming on as a co-host so you can hear our conversations as well. Alicia is a beautiful soul, mom to three lovely kids, and married my husband's brother, hence the sister-in-law. She loves listening to podcasts, enjoying coffee with friends, and watching good TV shows. She's a precious confidant, loves discussing topics she's learning about, and is passionate about breaking down purity culture stigmas. Alicia is on a journey to learn as much as she can and hopes to share in the joy and struggle of other people's stories. Our desire with these conversations is to share perspectives and stories of others, while encouraging you to think for yourself. May we continue to lean into empathy and kindness, seeing each other as complete humans, regardless of differences. And while we're at it, may we continue to love well. So join me as I introduce Alicia DeVries and we hear her story. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Ariana, and I'm thrilled to chat today with my dear friend and sister-in-law, Alicia DeVries. Leash, thank you for being here with me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me I'm part of this. Yeah, so this is your first time being with us, and I'm thrilled because you are going to be a part of Active Listening. For the foreseeable future, you are helping with behind-the-scenes stuff, but we may even hear your voice a little bit more often, joining in to help with hosting episodes and offering questions for guests that we have on. So I am so excited to have you on board. It's going to be really great. But for this one, this one, this episode is to get people to see who you are and hear you who you are, I guess, that you can't see with a podcast, but... um get a little glimpse into your story and who you are and what's brought you to the place that you're at now. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. I guess we can just start with a little bit of random facts about us. We mean, we married brothers, obviously. We share the same last name now. It's a little bit confusing because our names also kind of look the same. Yes, they do. Marianne and Alicia. <laughs> Which is fun. We both enjoy playing video games. We have that yeah. in common. Uh, you have three kids, which are all very sweet. Twins. Twin Twins, girls. Yes. Uh, what else? What else can you share with us about yourself? Well, yeah, I'm so excited to be a part of this and to yeah, be here with you and join in on just having conversations together. We do that a lot anyway, so it's great to be a part of this and to share conversations with other people. Yes, that is something that I should mention. We have conversations about everything. We really do. Everything. Like, I don't know if there's anybody else that I talk to more than Alicia about all of life stuff, so this is great. Same. So it's fun to actually, yeah, have these conversations and let other people... Be a part of them by listening and maybe open that for having conversations with other people about topics we just care so much about. Yeah, this is really, really awesome. Okay. Mm. Let us start at the beginning of your story. Tell us a little bit about 
your childhood, what life was like growing up for you. I mean, we, you were homeschooled just like I was, mm-hmm. and we both grew up in the same church. We have a lot of the same kinds of history, but not quite. So tell me a little bit about how you started out in the world and how that affected your views of life. Yeah, so I'm the oldest of five kids, and as you stated, we were a Christian homeschool family. Um, I was homeschooled until high school where I attended a Christian high school. Um, We always lived in the country, didn't have too many neighbors close by, so we felt pretty sheltered as kids, but also um, I think... I formed a great, like, close-knit family. Um, we're pretty close. All our sim- siblings were all pretty close. And, yeah, so we started attending the church where we met um, when I was seven. So that church actually became a huge part of my life. Um, we, yeah, we're there. Um, I went to high school there and um, youth group and young adults group and also served there. Um, served there in lots of different ministries different areas and all the conferences and events and young adults group and children's ministry. And so it was pretty, um, pretty involved there. Um, yeah, growing up, I always felt like I was one to just like follow the rules around church, I guess, or what it was like to be a young woman, attend church, you read your Bible, you pray, you serve wherever you can. Um, you attend all the services, you're involved in all the groups and all that stuff. So yes, I know this all too well. (laughs) Yeah. So during my teens and early twenties, I always felt like what I should do was just to wait around to get married. I feel like that was part of what I had internalized, whether I heard it directly or not, it was just like, um, to get married. And so I did have a job at the time that I, I enjoyed, but I always felt like it was temporary because my goal was to get married, have kids, be a stay-at-home mom, and have that be a big part of my life. And I I don't think no one really necessarily discouraged me from pursuing post-secondary education or in pursuing a job, um, for a a career for myself, but I don't feel like it was also ever, like, encouraged, maybe, Mm -hmm. or maybe at the back of my mind, I felt like, well, if I do that, like, I feel like what I'm supposed to do is get married, have kids. And that, again, was just demonstrated yeah. in every... That was the Where culture, we saw right? Yeah, totally. It just was everywhere within um, church, again, in, like, family life, people we were close to. That's just what we saw a lot about. So that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that what you did. That's that literally... You had kids. <laughs> yeah, so I have... Same. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so I, as you said, I have um, twin girls who are three and a half and a little boy who just turned one. And so that's a big part of my life right now. Yeah. Man, that sounds so familiar. I have very similar origins. And I understand completely where you are coming from. Um, Yeah. I know as I've gotten to know you more over the last couple of years, as we've become sisters, Mm -hmm. it's been really cool to see you blossom and grow into someone who sees the world in a different way than you once did and to see your perspectives change and to see you learn and to take in information about the world in a way that you didn't before and to see the progression of how you've come from what you said that you were before and the experiences that you have that to who you are now 
it's been really exciting to see and be a part of that journey with you. Um, and I know a lot of people know my story with listening to earlier episodes of the podcast. Maybe you haven't, maybe you need to go back and listen to them, but a large part of my story has been shared and a lot of my views have changed in regards to what I think about life and the world. And I know that you are on not the same trajectory, but you have also been on a journey and I've been very honored to be a part of that with you, but yours is unique to you. And so I want you to share a little bit more about what that journey has looked like for you over the past couple of years and the kind of things that you have been questioning or the things that you have really grabbed onto and been like, yeah, that's something that hits a passion button for me. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, going back a bit, I've growing up in a Christian home, being homeschooled, attending Christian high school, all this, all my social life was at church. Like everything was wrapped around that. Um, and I was pretty surrounded by a lot of people who believe a lot of the same things that I did. I mean, within church, you do have people who believe different things, but I wasn't really closely connected with people or I didn't pay too much attention to that. If people believed slightly different things until about, I want to say like six years ago, um, when I started dating David, my husband, now, um, I was introduced to his family who believed differing things than I did just about it. Not like huge things. We believe a lot of the same things, but there are just like some things that were different. And I, it was actually a little intimidating at first because I mean, you're pretty surrounded by people yeah. who believe the same things. And then you're, you feel like you're slightly challenged in some things. And well, when you're used to growing up and seeing life a certain way, And not being used to asking questions and then to suddenly join a family that that is their MO is to question everything. Yes. Don't take anything at face value. (laughs) That's a little bit jarring for sure. It is. And yeah, just to be given the opportunity to ask questions and to um, wonder about different things is like, I've never really done that. I was just always like, this is just how it is. That's yeah. Yeah. So I, in, in, and I remember a pretty defining moment that I feel like for me, really changed things is, um, David's family was into Andrew Farley at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, he had some views on tithing that his family talked about that I just had not really been exposed to before. So I went and watched, um, the video, um, that Andrew Farley talked about it. And I actually, I'll be honest, I started watching it and I actually had to pause it and come back to it because I was like, this seems so far-fetched and so different from what I grew up believing that, I just needed a bit of time to process this. So I did that and came back. And what he talks about is that um, tithing is under the law and that because we are in Christ, we're under, we're not no longer under the law. So tithing is not a part of what we need to do. And I had just never been exposed to that way of thinking before. Tithing was just always a way of life. You always gave 10%. um, Even if you were struggling that, well, you, you, you put your faith in God and you believe by giving your 10% and that was just a part of what you did. And to to be close to a family that believed differing things about something that I found to be so foundational mm-hmm. was pretty incredible. It actually was really amazing for me to just start to wonder. Mm. And That's a good word, wonder. Yeah, and I because I had to come 
I had to ask myself, did I, do I really believe that I have all the answers for everything? Or can maybe some things that I've always thought to be true maybe aren't true? Right. And for some people, that might actually be a pretty scary spot to be in. But mm-hmm. I actually found it really exciting because I found church to be, and a lot of the messages to be um, the same things over and over. I didn't right. find there was like a lot of new things presented or new ideas. It just was a lot of the same things, which I mean, a lot of people are into and that's great, but. And that's safe for people. Yeah. That's oh, totally okay. Totally is. Um, but for me to be in this position, I was actually so excited. Mm-hmm. I I was. And same. because for, for David and I, we actually um, kind of started in this together. We both were at a place of like wanting to make our faith our own and wanting to ask questions and being able to do that together was actually really special and really fun to do. And we would just, um, talk about all the things, talk Mm -hmm. about the sermons we heard, talk about the different aspects of it and just like wonder, is this what we think or can there be a different way of thinking about it? And yeah, so I, I actually really enjoyed that. And even now, like just thinking through um, the ways that we read the Bible and just pick, like, I feel like we, a lot of times cherry pick verses to apply and we can make the Bible say whatever we want it to say. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. And for me, even just realizing that there's so much more to the Bible uh, in like the context of um, even the New Testament letters, who they're written to, the time, um, what's going on in the time that they're written and like, just there's so much more behind the scenes that, um, help give understanding for what the verses actually mean as opposed to taking the verses for what they are and saying that they apply to my situation right now it's just now realizing it just seems so Mm far-fetched a little bit and even realizing that how much um, language and bible translation plays into a lot of this and actually being so fascinated by that and love to do another um, maybe episode on that whole thing yeah. because there's so much involved in that. But just how fascinating is that, yeah, the, the language and people um, translating and their, their bias that they have when writing things influences mm-hmm. what the Bible says. And a lot of the things that people believe is foundational is maybe not as accurate as maybe they believe. I don't know and, about you, but for me, the world just like exploded with the amount of possibility that there was and just the quantity of things that there was to know about and to realize Mm -hmm. that my faith or what I believed, the Bible, whatever it was, there was so much more than just a book Mm -hmm. or there was Mm -hmm. so much more to life than just one aspect of Christianity or faith and that there's so much that encompasses spirituality and there's mm-hmm. so much more that encompassed just the ordinary of life and the extraordinary but to put it all into one small package it felt very small all of a sudden yeah. when I realized that there is so much that can make life beautiful and I don't know about you but just like you said earlier like the wonder that there was to life and the things that there could be to learn. Mm-hmm. 
and especially from other people. Yes. I think that was a big thing for me is you grow up believing that everyone else is the other, like yes. that they are not necessarily to be trusted. They don't have truth. Somehow um, you not can't, as good as us. Yeah. And you can't be loving if you don't have yeah, Jesus, which is, but then you, you meet other people who are fantastic people and who yeah. really do love and who really do care for other people. And you just see that. And I feel like I've also just been learning so much from other people mm -hmm. who I, I feel like I never would have given them the opportunity yeah. um, to do that if I just held on to a lot of these beliefs. Um, because, again, you, you don't trust other people. Yeah. I did yeah. feel like my love exploded mm -hmm. to encompass a lot more people than it did before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I chose to understand people. Because I chose to put myself in their shoes instead of... Like you said, seeing them as the other, seeing them as different than me, as someone I need to save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you take that away and you, you, I feel like then you can actually truly love other people. Yeah. Because you're not doing it with a motive to yeah. change them. Yeah. And that is not actually loving. It, it isn't loving because then you're not hearing what other people are saying they need Bingo. or that they want or anything because you have in your mind what they need mm -hmm. yeah and that's like the very thing that we are hoping to do with the active listening podcast is to listen to people mm -hmm. so that we know how to love them well right instead of listening to myself so that i can do what i think is best for other people which we're human. We still fall into that for sure. I'm yeah. not saying that we're perfect now because we've suddenly changed our views on things a little bit. Oh no, there's still Flash lots of learning. <laughs> oh yeah. There's still lots to learn though. That's the thing is like, yeah, never and ending I want learning. to learn more. I don't know about you. I but... do too. I have actually loved the past few years. I've just been, I feel like I've just been absorbing and learning so much. Like we send each other articles all the time <laughs> all and time. actually listen to so many podcasts. I feel like that's actually been a a hobby, a new hobby of mine mm -hmm. is just like, just listening to other people, um, think about certain things or again, involving some religion stuff and other things. And it just is so fascinating to me, just hearing different people's perspectives and just realizing that there is no one way to do life. No. I mean, if we're all different people, yeah. how can there possibly be one way to do life really well? Yeah. There can't be. Can't be. No, it just doesn't make sense. It, yeah. So it just has been so fun, actually. Yeah. Just... And it's been in the last couple of years, too, that I've started to discover things more like like the Enneagram, mm -hmm. which has been such a revelation and life-changing in so many ways. And just understanding myself better, understanding family better, understanding friends better, knowing what makes people tick at the very deepest part of who they are. Side note, we are both type nines. Yes, we are. <laughs> so we are very much alike, yes. which has been fun yeah. to figure out and to learn more about that. But in the yeah. future, we are hoping to do a season on the Enneagram so you can learn more about that if you don't know about the Enneagram, but the Enneagram is awesome. Yes. Just to go back, like 
that is something that would have been deemed as strange to me before. I don't know what your thoughts would have been on other, not religions, but like things that are somewhat out there. Yeah. Probably would have been not as encouraged. Yeah. (laughs) Just that, again, the Bible is truth and... There's nothing in the Bible about the Enneagram. No. So then why do you need it? (laughs) But same with, like, Eastern mysticism or yoga and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a big one, too. My mind just was like, why was this ever taught to us as being wrong? Because it doesn't line up with a specific way of thinking and believing. Mm -hmm. So therefore, but those are the type of things that help bring life to people in a way that brings more fullness to the picture and Mm -hmm. can help support spirituality in other ways. It doesn't have to be the all end all, but that's just another one of those ways where there's so much more to it. Yeah. There is, and there's, yeah, it's just it's been fascinating, again, to learn about more than just the Bible. <laughs> but just uh, just to learn, yeah, what other people um, enjoy and, and There's so learn. much good oh, in the world. There is, there really is. There's a whole lot of crap and really There is that, things. too. But choosing to see the good has been really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And choosing to see all sides of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has been really what has helpful. been what has been one of your big things? What has been one of the most defining things that you're like, this has to change. This is something that I don't want to hold as true anymore. I'm throwing this question yes, you at are. you because <laughs> I wanted you to be able to just say something. So you're very passionate about breaking down a lot of misconceptions and harmful beliefs associated with purity culture and care very deeply about breaking down patriarchal ways of thinking. And this is one of like your hot buttons. Mm. These are one of the things that if anybody brings up anything about this, you will for sure get leash angry. (laughs) So (laughs) tell us a little bit about what sparked this and how you are actively working to change ways of thinking around this and for yourself and for others. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack here and I I know it. so many thoughts on all of this and we will definitely do more episodes later because I will not be able to cover all of this at all right here, but we will have professionals on to talk about this as well. Yes. Which I am so thrilled about. But continue on. Yes. Um, yeah. So this is one of the big things that I have seen that has been so um, damaging to a lot of people and is actually very toxic to so many people. And here's why. Specifically, well, 
all these things. But so purity culture is the idea and belief that your identity and who you are, especially as a woman, is tied to your body and what you do or don't do with your body. And um, the idea to be pure and save yourself for marriage. And again, there's a lot to unpack here. But um, this shows up in like the modest is hottest topic yes. of things of um, telling young girls, very young too, starting young, um, that they're, they need to cover up, that their skirts need to be longer, that their tops need to be higher, cover more. Um, and again, to do this all, um, so that they don't lead the boys astray. I remember being told that. And again, if anyone has been to like a youth group or, um, schools where they have like dress codes and those are enforced and, um, Again, like the lengths of skirts and everything. And if you ever are going to, uh, like on a trip or something, like in, in high school, all the girls are taken aside, they're in, set aside into a room and told specifically on all the things that they have to have covered up while they're out and about having a fun time. So you have to be concerned about that. You're going swimming. You have to be concerned about wearing a t-shirt to cover up. Again, this just projects onto young women that your body is bad. Right. There's something wrong with that. And that, um, um, boys are worth protecting more, that their minds are worth protecting more than you. Because in school, so someone, so a girl has a skirt that's slightly too short. Well, she's sent home. So you are telling her that the boy's education is more important, that he is not distracted while learning, but you as the girl should be sent home and your education is not even there because you're not even at school. Right. Like, yeah. I think that's the most ridiculous thing yeah. that like, it just, I think, is so terrible and just, like, so extremely damaging for young girls, too, to just, like, grow up processing all the things that they have to think about when they leave the house. I remember um, having to ask my dad about some of my outfits. Yeah. About having his approval before I left. About everything is just so sexualized for young girls. Yeah. Specifically. And just so... Like, it's just so much sexual objectification yes. of... And it's such a weird mix because everything is sexualized, but sex is not talked about. Yeah, that's... Yes. Right? Totally. So there's no context for why this is actually good or bad. It's just all bad. Yeah. Yeah, which is also just... Yeah, it's just so... Yeah, ridiculous, I think. It's just, like, so much emphasis and... I feel so sad, actually, just thinking about it all and just thinking about and hearing stories, too, from people who are just find it hard to love themselves and their body because mm -hmm. their whole yeah. life they're being told that some some part of them is wrong for just even developing normally. Yeah. You need to cover that up, even like as um, young adults, like you're still told, like even, yeah, you're still told, like you need to... Mm, Maybe you should cover that up. That's that's too revealing to... Like, again, you, how are you supposed to love yourself and your body when you're being just constantly told that it's wrong? Yeah. And another thing that we do is we teach um, girls specifically that they must remain pure and save themselves for marriage. Oh, so again... Oh, yeah. A lot to unpack here. But yeah, I guess essentially not have sex before marriage or you're worthless and you have nothing to offer. And I... I know this is talked about because I was a part of teaching it. Yeah. In children's ministry, I helped lead a group of about 30 girls, grades 5 to 8. And 
one of the lessons that we were talking about um, was on purity. And there's an object lesson. There's a few different object lessons that help um, explain this. But the object lesson I used that I remember being taught too um, is that you're... Um, you are like a piece of tape. Mm -hmm. So you tape it onto one person. It sticks pretty well. You're dating, whatever. But you, then you take it off because you've moved on to the next guy. So you tape it onto him. Well, then you have to remove it. And a, a little bit of you is left behind. And then you tape it to the next person and the next and the next. And then when you find someone you want to marry, well, you there's a lot of stuff stuck to your tape and you don't stick as well. And again, you have less to offer. And I think it's so, such terrible thinking to associate your worth to something you do or don't do. You are worthy despite anything that, um, that you do or you don't do. Like that, yeah. that's not connected. And the other thing that I never thought about, even when teaching this, is the amount of people that something has happened to them that is totally out of their control. Right. Like sexual abuse happens. Mm -hmm. And now this whole time, young girls are told that they right now are worthless, yeah. that they have nothing to offer and they never will. They will never be pure. They have nothing because of something that is, was completely out of their control. Yeah. So they're just bombarded with this message and then just go through life again, thinking way less of themselves because of that and to anyone who's listening who was a part of that class or has ever heard anything like this before I am so so sorry that is totally not true you are worthy of love mm -hmm. no matter just because just by being you yeah. you your worth is not attached to anything that your body looks like or that it has experienced or anything, you are worthy of love. And I am so sorry for how damaging this is for people to hear and just how toxic it is. Yeah. Oh, it's like it makes totally. me so mad <laughs> too. It's yes. just like, these are people's lives we're talking about. Yes. These are impressionable young kids that we're talking to and, and putting this on them. And even going back to like the, the, what you're wearing and stuff, you're, you're putting all the pressure on young girls to, to help control the boys, as opposed to just talking to the boys and helping them to understand how to not sexually objectify girls. Right. Like the pressure in all of this is put on girls and women. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's just all based around shame and mm -hmm. guilt. That's a big one. It just, yeah. again, shame for how your body's naturally developed, shame if something has happened to you, shame because you have wanted to do something, or just, like, yeah. so much shame, guilt because of all of this, too. And, like, that's hard to get rid of. Mm -hmm. Like, that stays with you. Yeah, totally. I just think, too, that people, well, you were one of the people who taught mm -hmm. these classes. Yeah. And just how... Hard you 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 try to do the right thing, mm -hmm. and you have the best interests at heart for these girls, but at the same time, you are also speaking out of your experience and your understanding of life, and yeah, it's so hard to have a full picture 
And you're stuck in a specific way of thinking and believing, and the people mm-hmm. who have taught you are in that same yeah. cycle of thinking and believing, and there is no space for anything else. There's no space for the what-ifs of life or the how do we be... How do we practice this grace that we teach? Yeah, how because we... that's the thing is we talk about grace and we offer grace for everything except sexual anything. Yeah. If you mess up there, well, you're you're screwed up f- forever. Right. And you now have nothing to offer to someone else, which yeah. also is another bogus thing that like, why do you have to give something of yourself? Like you experience it too. It's for you as well. And yeah. I was listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about how the goal for a lot of evangelical Christians for marriage is, well, that's, that's it, but it's marriage. Mm -hmm. And then within marriage, it's, well, don't get divorced. And that's it. So you have to do whatever is deemed as right, quote unquote, in order to just not get divorced and that's not always the healthiest thing and then there's people who have this baggage of their history of feeling that shame right Mm -hmm. of feeling like well I guess I didn't do the right thing so then how do I now have a healthy marriage with all of this stuff that I supposedly Mm -hmm. have done wrong Mm -hmm. that's hard to work through especially if you think that you are damaged goods now or Mm -hmm. if you have the experience like you and I did that we didn't date other people. We married the first person that we dated, Mm -hmm. but we didn't actually have many experiences beyond that. And so we, we did learn alongside our husbands about all of it, about the sexuality and learning what it's like to be in a relationship with someone of the other sex and all of that and just learning about our bodies and learning about all of that we learned it from scratch when we got married it was from zero to a hundred and yeah and that's the other thing it totally is because again the the goal is for people to save themselves or to have their virginity when they get married so no one talks about sex at all that's not even like yeah you don't there's no sexual education at all but then, somehow, on your wedding night, you're supposed to flip that switch and somehow know everything and yeah. have it figured out. And, like, for me, specifically in all this, um, when Dave and I were engaged, I feel like I had a constant state of feeling guilty for something. Right. Like, and we talked about it, like, Dave and I talked about it all the time, just, like, we just felt like we were doing the wrong thing, even though we weren't doing anything wrong. And we even like Mm. brought it up with our like marriage counselors of like, like we feel like, I don't know, we shouldn't be, I don't know, doing this or feeling this. And they told us, no, you should. That's a normal, natural part of relationships. Yeah. If you weren't feeling any of those like sexual desires or feelings, I would be concerned. And I was like, no one has ever told me that you were never taught that like at some point, you do have to feel those feelings. It's yeah. just always shutting it down, making sure your pu- your thoughts are pure, making sure everything is like you're following all the rules. Again, I yeah, going through all of our engagement, I just felt like we were doing something wrong, even though Crazy. we weren't. And then, yeah, you get married and then now everything's 
totally great. Everything's acceptable and you just have to somehow flip the switch. Yeah. And I know that people have so many different experiences with this. Like oh, all God. across the board, people have had so many good and bad experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that ours is perfect or that we have yes. this figured out or anything like that. But just to see, okay, this is how it worked for us and it's not going to work like this for everybody. And that's the thing is even just having an understanding that people are different, that people experience things differently, they grow up differently, that just people are unique. And to say that this one way of doing things should apply to everyone just doesn't make sense. It just can't. No. In a healthy way. Yeah. (laughs) In a healthy way it can. Because, again, people are trying to apply this to so many to everyone in their situations, but this way of doing things and thinking just is not healthy for people. Yeah. Oh man, this topic is just so big. It really is. <laughs> we could go on. We could it, talk for so long about this, but we will really also could. be having other guests on this who mm-hmm. have the knowledge and the facts about this too to really share a lot more about this but I really wanted to hear your thoughts about this because this is really what you care about and this is a huge passion point for you and this is something that you are trying really hard to communicate effectively with your peers and Mm -hmm. your family and your daughters especially this is what you want to change with how you parent your kids it is because, it, again, things have to change. Yeah. This way of thinking is not healthy. And I um, want my daughters to grow up thinking differently about themselves. And, like, I think about that. And my son, too. Like, yeah. again. Because it's kid, not about just girls. It's not. A lot of the focus is in, on them. But all of this is not healthy for men either. Yeah. At all. Like, it's not healthy for anyone. The it, communication both ways with everybody across the spectrum yeah. the conversations need to change yeah they really do it does because yeah our our kids are we want our kids to just grow up thinking differently about all this than we than we did yeah and we're a part of helping make that change it's not to say that we're going to get it right no not at all <laughs> no By any stretch of the no. imagination i'm sure they're gonna have to unlearn things just like yep. we did but I want to encourage them to be able to do that. And I'm sure that's yeah. what you want for your family too, is teach them to question. Yeah. And teach them to not just accept everything for what it seems. Mm-hmm. Not to be distrusting, but... To be able to, to think for themselves yeah. and to to see what's going on and to be able to ask the question so that they have a better understanding and can go forward with what they feel is best for them. Yeah. And to hold things with an open hand. Yeah. And to be like, this is what I have thought. And these are other ways of thinking. And what can I take from these and bring a part of who I am and into my life. And that's what we're learning. I know that's what I'm learning. (laughs) My conversations with you, I know that's what you're working through too. Yes. Just how do we do this? How do we do this well? And that's what I'm really excited to have you on board in 
this conversation, but with all these conversations, how do we love others well? Mm -hmm. And I know that several years ago, your dad suddenly passed away and it was a huge shock for everybody, but especially you and your family. And I'm just wondering if you would be comfortable sharing a little bit about what that experience was like and how that has ended up shaping who you are and how much you wish you could share some of this with your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he passed away um, about four years ago now. Um, it was very sudden. No one was expecting anything of this at all. Uh, he passed away in his sleep. Um, and what I've just learned since then is just bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Terrible stuff, just it just happens, and I don't have to have um, an answer for it, or I don't have to try and figure out why it just, sometimes life just sucks. Yeah. It really does. But I know around that time, like the weeks following, um, David had and I had just gotten married um, the year before, almost a year actually from then. Were you pregnant at this time? I was. Um, he passed away three months before the girls yeah. came. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, that's another thing is he, he was so excited to be a grandpa. He was. He was so thrilled, like extreme. And he told everyone. Yeah. He told anyone he could talk to. He was always telling people at church and even at work, like everyone, he was just, he, yeah, he was so excited. So that is, that's one of the things that I um, would, I think, miss the most is just being able to see him be a grandpa these would be his first grandkids and um just having just missing the fact that my kids won't grow up knowing him and mm-hmm. having him be a part of their life is is really hard I do think about that and I we do talk about him with the kids but again it's hard with little kids to just explain the sort of thing and yeah so that that's a huge thing that I really I really do miss and I also miss um, the opportunity to discuss like a lot of this, these new things that I'm thinking and relearning and, and stuff with him because he all, he really loved chatting with yeah. people. That was one thing. He's, he, loved, he loved people and he loved having conversations with people. And that was a big thing um, that he would always just be reaching out to people and um, seeing people who... Um, maybe weren't fitting in or Mm -hmm. like even at church, he was always finding people who look like they might not have too many connections. And he was, he would invite them over for lunch. Like that was a regular thing. He went out for coffee with a bunch of people, different people to just be a listening ear for them. And, and even over the course of the weeks after of him passing, we heard from so many people um, who shared how he would, he reached out to them on a regular basis. Like he drove truck for a living. And so he had a lot of time on his hand. And so I didn't realize it until after, but he would call people all the time. Like he would, he chat with so many different people, some people that he hadn't been in contact with a long time that he just knew years previous, but he was just, yeah, super into um, talking to people. And he listened to a lot of, um, like messages and stuff while he was trucking and he would send some of those um, our way, just things that he found so interesting. And that's one thing I would, I really do miss is just having the opportunity to talk about a lot of the things that I've been um, relearning and unlearning. Um, I would have loved the opportunity to talk to him. And I know we wouldn't have 
probably came to the same conclusions mm. about some yeah. of this stuff, but that's fine. But I, I really do miss having that opportunity to do so. Yeah, and he was the type of person who cared so deeply about people and their stories. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that has been that has been passed on to you. And that is now a part of who you are. And I always was amazed at the number of people that you were connected with and the number of people that your family was connected with and the reach that you had and the lives that you affected. Mm -hmm. His story is living on in you. And now you're a part of this opportunity Mm -hmm. to be a part of people's stories in this way too. And affecting people's lives and helping to share the space for conversations. So it's in a, in a way it's like his, his legacy is living on in you with being able to sit down with people and listen to their stories and to hold that very gently to hold people's hearts gently by being receptive to people from all walks of life yeah. from all different backgrounds and from people of different color and from different background and culture and you are learning so much from so many different people I think your dad would be incredibly proud of who you are now I mean I'm incredibly <laughs> proud of you <laughs> I'm your sister, yeah. but I can only imagine mm-hmm. how he would feel. And I do hope that those who are in your life now are are also proud of the strides that you have taken to to become who you are now mm-hmm. and to work to change the ways that you do see things so that you can include a lot more people into your circle into your worldview now so that people don't get left on the margins yeah that is really good and I I feel like he really would be proud he he really did instill in us as kids um to invite other people and to to bring other people along on our journey and to um hear from a wide variety of people and that you don't need to hear from just a small group of people, but you can, yeah, learn from so many others. And we definitely saw that through him. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that is really special. Yeah. Well, we will be bringing this conversation to a close very shortly, but thank you so much for what Mm -hmm. you've shared. Um, So for other people who maybe starting on a journey of questioning, regardless of what the foundation background is that they're coming from. Do you have a small piece of advice that you would offer Mm -hmm. someone who is dismantling past beliefs or is searching for something else? Yeah, I would say, um, to not be afraid of changing your beliefs when presented with new information. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's out there as a saying, but it really is true. Like, 
we are presented with so many different things as we grow and learn um, over our life that to to just be open to that and just be open to learning from other people and yeah don't assume that you have all the answers learning can be scary but it can also be really exciting yeah and just to embrace that and to just yeah see that and again you don't have to have it all figured out either um i sure don't yeah i've who does really like there's but i feel like before i thought i did yeah. like thought i did have all the answers or knew where to find all the answers and it just you won't have it all figured out but that's okay and yeah. that's a fine place to be and the world is a lot less black and white and a lot yeah. less of color to me now totally and like there's so many people to learn from mm-hmm. and just be open to that yeah and another thing um, that you actually told me to do was <laughs> to take notes and oh. to write things down. Yes. And that has actually been so helpful for me because just in learning or if I have new thoughts that I just write them down or if I'm listening to a podcast and um, something is just inspiring for me, I write it down. And I also write down things that um, I feel extremely frustrated about yes. or that um, I write down my rants, I should say. Yes. And oh, yes. Us type nines are good at ranting inside. Yes. Very, very good. <laughs> and outside, too. Let's be real. For real. We can be angry. <laughs> but I feel like for me, for being at home and parenting my kids well, I can't have all these things in my head. And so it has actually yeah. been so helpful to just write my thoughts down so that they are not taking up space in my head so that I can be present with my kids and not feel like I'm angry about something that is nothing related to them. Right. But it's something totally different that I feel like is wrong with the world in some regard. But I can write it down and I can come back to it and maybe have a conversation with someone about it just to talk about this sort of thing. But I don't, things don't have to like take space in your brain, in your head. You yeah. can write them down. And that has actually been like so helpful. For me. Yeah. Well, I think that's one way that it can help make the whole experience feel less overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Because as you are slowly starting to introduce all these different ways of thinking and new, just everything is new and learning new things just about everything. Yeah, really. It's overwhelming. (laughs) The world is is a really big place and there is so much to know. We can't know it all. So to be able to compartmentalize a little bit is helpful. Yeah, it totally is. For sure. All right. So the final question is what brings you joy and what gives you hope for the future? Hmm. What brings me joy, I think, is is having great conversations with friends. And I really, really love that. I always come away feeling incredibly energized. Mm-hmm. And over COVID, it has not been helpful because that has not been able to happen as much but just finding ways to make that happen and to just have those great conversations with you and there's a few other of my friends that I get together with and it just it helps me not feel so like alone in all of this Mm, thinking but I just yeah I really love engaging in conversations with people and um what gives me hope is um seeing how far I've come in my ways of thinking and mm-hmm. realizing that there's hope for other people to just 
be able to think differently too. And I, I don't say that in a way to um, be on a journey to try and change other people's right. minds at all. But I just say that in a way that um, it has just been really um, helpful for me to just be open to um, to learning and to growing and just to see again how far I have come in all yeah. this thinking is I because I feel like I really was deep in a lot of different mm-hmm. systems of belief that I feel like I am not a part of anymore. And and in as much as it may be frustrating to see people still stuck in those ways of thinking, you still have grace for them because yeah. you were once there, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, I get it. I understand. And not knowing is a scary thing. Mm, yeah. But um, we have great people around us who we can lean on and chat with about all this stuff. And I do hope other people can... Being able to do it within community yes. is a very wonderful and special gift. It really is. And yeah, it is so special, yeah, to be a part of a community to to chat with people and um i do hope people can um have the chance to just have conversations that um maybe they wouldn't have thought of before or and and again not to say that you'll continue your mind about stuff or that you will um but just be open to hearing what other people have to say Mm -hmm. is important yeah yeah and if there is anybody who doesn't know who to talk to about this please feel free to reach out to us because mm-hmm. we would be more than happy to be a part of that journey with you. And in our email, it will be in the show notes for you to reach out if you are looking for a community of people to talk to about whatever it may be, whatever journey you may be on. But we would love to listen, to actively listen, yes, we to do. love our active listening community. So thank you, Alish, for being a part of this with me today. I'm so proud of you for doing this and for joining me on this adventure of podcasting and of learning and growing and choosing to be courageous and do hard things like this. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. And I really do look forward to many more conversations with you about lots of different things. So thanks again. Thank you for coming on this journey with us and being gracious as Alicia shared her story on a public platform for the very first time. I know it's not easy to be open and honest about the parts of your narrative which others have not heard. And it can be even harder to lay your heart out on the table when others have perceived you a certain way for your whole life. It takes much courage, and I'm so grateful that Alicia took the leap. Now we can enjoy the depths of conversation together. If you have any questions or comments on this episode, or need further clarification on anything you've heard, please don't hesitate to reach out in person or contact us at activelistening.life at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, and reviews on iTunes are always welcome. Thanks for listening.